What's up, you guys? This is the Bible Bunker, we, and we, we, we. yeah, it, it, we're back. We have sound effects now. Yep, that wasn't me. That wasn't him. It was the computer. Pushed the button, and it did that. And today, we're gonna have a short one on the topic of love, and is it? And we kind of just thought about this like ten minutes ago. Is it an action or a feeling? Because I feel like in American society and like this culture, we see it as a feeling. Like I'm so in love, you know. And yeah, what do you think, Zach? Well, the Bible, the first word, first time love is used is actually the word um, knew. Adam knew his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant pregnant and gave birth to Cain. But it's it's not the word. We can tra- you can translate it made love or you can translate it knew, like K-N-E-W. It's fully experienced his wife. And it's an intimate word, it, you know. They had sex. They had a baby. Like, it's very obvious. And she became pregnant and gave birth to yeah, But how is that related to love? Um, is that biblical love is the whole being. It's knowing all of a person. And that's scary. And you have to be intimate and confess and be vulnerable. It's like when it says that Jesus learned obedience, like, that's really crazy to me. So what we're... What, it's a little awkward because you can say, and Michael has said, that, well, this isn't talking about love. This is talking about, like, the physical part. This is the sex part. Like, this isn't love. Not that it's not related, just that it's not directly, like... It's not an I love you statement. It's I, I see what you're saying. made love. But to a teenager, to a teenage boy, that's love. This girl makes me feel good physically and that's all he's after and if that girl and i'm speaking in generalities but an unsaved teenage guy or even a saved one um they're gonna find the girl that will make them feel well not just teenage i think that's yeah that's probably true we we're all after that feeling of love so we can't say that that's not part of love like in a in a childlike way that's or even with parents like my parents make me feel loved or like my don't. dad's hand on my shoulder, like feels comforting, or like my mom rocking us to sleep when we were babies. Like there was this, the first step is this feeling of love, and uh, there's a place in Ecclesiastes actually where it basically says that the first first step of love that God gave us was giving us life, just the fact that we're living and breathing. And He says God has shown love to the wicked by letting them draw breath, like. So it's the, the physical part of love, but what's happened is that's become all of love, the feeling, the emotion, and yeah. having people come and say, can we have marriage counseling? And they're basically just saying, can we just check one more box before we divorce and then we can tell people we tried? I hate that. I hate when it's fake, when they don't actually want to work on it. But what they usually just end up saying is, I just fell out of love with him or her. I just woke up one day and I realized I don't love this person anymore. What would you say to that? Well, I know marriage, it's, I don't even, it's a commitment. It's not like uh, I fell in love with them, so I'm going to marry them. It's like a commitment. Like people think that there's like the one person out there. And I don't think, like I've heard someone say, there's a hundred of the ones out there for you. You just like, once you marry them, they are the one. Like they're the one that you have to commit to. Yeah. The word soulmate is not in the Bible much to like, 
the contradiction of a lot of Christians out there. I just need to find my soulmate. Yeah, and my feelings are so sporadic. Like the whoever says that, like I'm, I'm fell out of love. Like my feeling, the next day you could feel totally different. Your feelings are so sporadic. That's why it's so dangerous to say to think of love as like a feeling because it is. There's some but... objective truth that's like true, and like when you first when you first get in a relationship with someone, yeah, there's that feeling. But then eventually, it doesn't last forever when you're married all the time. And well, what we've been raised stuff. on is the Disney marriage where they go through really hard stuff, they fight a little bit, then they get married and they live happily ever after and they have no problems. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> That's a great point. You start with no problems. This person is perfect. Like, I could never imagine that we won't live happily ever after. And then you get married and very quickly you realize, like, he's not Prince Charming and she's not a princess. Like, he can be mean or... She can be rude, or she hurts my feelings, or he ignores me. I didn't think this would ever happen. That's a really good observation, actually. Yeah. We start with the oh. no problems, paradise, honeymoon, happily ever after, and then we get into the conflict and the drama and the scariness. It's more annoying than it looks like in a movie. So what do you think it looks like to... What's annoying? To love? No, just it's more annoying than it looks like in the movie to have to deal with all those like troubles. Oh, living you know? with another sinful person. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think then it looks like to like uh, to, to love, love somebody? Is the Bible would use the word like a covenant, but it's really a choice, a decision that I will, and that's what we are emulating on the, on the marriage day. Like the vows is that through sickness and health, like weaker or poorer. And no matter what happens, until death do us part, I will be with you. And it's really easy to say that when you're, like, and you haven't had any issues yet. You haven't had any disagreements even, uh, or any conflict. And then you start to get conflict, and it's like, did I really, really mean that? And in our marriage, we never bring up the D word, divorce. It's not an option. It's never going to happen. Even then, our kids have friends whose parents are divorced, and they get scared if, if we're disagreeing or arguing, and they can hear. So we've had it once where one of our daughters said, like, are you guys going to get divorced? And it's like, whoa, no. This is healthy to talk about, like, things we disagree on. This is a good thing. We're not going to yell at each other, but we got to work stuff out. And like I tell them, like, with the kids, like, we work stuff out with you, too. We're not just nice all the time to you, are they? And they're like, no. Are you going to get rid of me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We would never do that. Just like we're not going to get rid of each other um, because we have chosen to love each other. And so what would happen if Jesus just came to earth as a human, fully God, fully man, and just went around telling everyone, I love you guys. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then just floated up to heaven. <laughs> what would happen? No salvation. We'd be dead. Like we'd go to hell. Everyone would. But he that's the picture. Isn't that the picture that a lot of people paint of Jesus? Well, Christians it's like, even when he's do. tearing down the or, you know, hitting made a whip and like destroyed the temple because of what they were doing in it, there's like paintings where Cleaned his out the face temple. is yeah. straight. Like he's not like actually angry. You know? He was yeah. Uh it's there's a lot of people that will say, I I'm down with Jesus because he, he's all about love. But I reject the God of the Old Testament. I was actually just going to bring that up. That's funny. But Jesus got angry all the time. What yeah. about when he called like, the Pharisees whitewashed tombs? He yelled at a fig tree and cursed it and made it wither. Like, he would get mad. Well, yeah. And, like, what is a whitewashed tomb? 
it's where the outside is painted with like lye or it's some some paint that would preserve it. And it's good looking. Yeah. On the outside. It would look really white. And it's, then he said they're filled with dead man's bones. Yeah. And it's he's talking about the type of person who makes sure their outside, their reputation um, with their friends is perfect and clean. And then they go home and beat their wife. Like stuff like that. Like someone where, but I know what you're like when no one's watching. You're corrupt and evil and disgusting on the inside or in, when you're hidden or in the dark. And you're out here presenting this bright, shiny look to everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how many times did Jesus say to his disciples, I love you? I don't, I don't recall when he did. Did he? Never. No. The only time uh, when Lazarus dies, he weeps. And they say, see how he loved him. Like, so he, he proved that he loved his disciples, that he loved the world by doing, by dying for the world. Like, I think it's a great thing to say I love you and to say it all the time. I say it every time I am about to hang up with my wife or every time I leave. Because I want, no matter what happens, I want that to be the last thing she hears or my kids hear. I love you. Because um, I, I wouldn't want an argument to be the last thing. And he said, yeah, in John 15, um, he says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, oh, there we go. Now remain in my love. And, but then he says, um, oh, what does he say? So a couple times, if I, yeah, that, cause I think that's in the other gospels. Yeah. And he says, I no longer do I call you, um, my, my slaves, but my friends. And that, but then he says, if, uh, uh, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. So, like, what I'm getting at is it's not just, like, a feeling. It's an action. Like, I love you, so I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, and then he says, oh, yeah. He says, if you do – if this is how you show me that you'll love me. You do what I command. And this is my command. Love one another. Ah. So then if Jesus has made the decision to love, to lay down his life for his friends, for us – he, that he spells it out right there. If you're a Christian and you want to love Jesus, you need to love each other like well and make the decision to love well, which looks like if you're offended at somebody, forgiving them before you feel like forgiving them. You can make yeah. the decision to forgive somebody. I think we connect the, the feeling of love and forgiveness with the, with the word as a definition. Well, I don't feel like forgiving them right now. You probably never will if, if you've been hurt really bad. Yeah. Um, but what I've seen is I've even seen in, in marriages where <laughs> adultery happened. One side forgives the other before the emotion. And then eventually as they're working on their marriage and relationship, they they can't believe they ever felt hatred for their spouse. Yeah, I know. Like they're like, I, of course I forgive you. It, it, the feelings come and will change with obedience. And I've heard that like one of my favorite quotes ever is feelings follow actions. So like an example uh. is if you don't feel like singing in church, do it and you'll get the feelings eventually and it'll ha- you know, it just just do it because it's it's good to sing. But anyway, yeah, that's good principle and especially with love um sometimes we'll like there was one couple where the husband just didn't really like his wife and didn't really want to show her affection. Like even just a hug or a kiss on the cheek or anything. And it really hurt her feelings. Um, 
And that's a real thing. So we're not saying that feelings don't matter. We're just saying this: the decision to obey God and to forgive or to love will bring the feelings later. And so he, I just said, you just have to do it. Like, yeah. And it actually softened his heart. Like there was just something about hugging his wife, having that positive connection that they'd been missing for so long. And they both softened and it was awesome. And sometimes it's just as simple as like something like that, where they're knowing like, this is hurting my wife. I don't want to do this because it embarrasses me to show public affection, public, sorry, public affection. He would never show that. He was fine in private. But she she was like, it looks like you hate me in public, and it's embarrassing, and it hurts my feelings. And he was just like, I just hate that. I don't want to do that. But it was like, well, suck it up. This is your wife. like, And she's hurt by that. And eventually he was fine, and it's great. And But he didn't feel like it, and he was awkward about it for a couple months. But then, that, like you were saying, the saying is the, the feelings followed the the action yeah and it's true that feelings are not a bad thing but they shouldn't be except sometimes because sometimes my feelings tell me i don't want to work out but if i don't work out like when am i going to have the feeling that i want to work out and actually the the only feeling when the only time i ever have a feeling that i want to work out this is just an example is when i've done it consistently for a couple weeks so i think it's really true that your feelings do follow your actions because i actually want to after a couple weeks what that looks like with love is when you say you love somebody you can't just stop at the same. Yeah, because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And God didn't say he loved anyone until Deuteronomy 4.37. So fifth book of the Bible is the first time we hear that God loved anybody. And it says, because he loved your ancestors and chose their descendants after them, he brought you out of Egypt by his presence and his great strength. But we never hear God telling Moses... Go to my people and tell them that I love them. But it's implied, though. It's, yeah, I want them to be... He likes, let my people go. But just not directly until that point. Yeah. Or here's a question. When, after Jesus was resurrected, he met Peter out in Galilee over a campfire, and he said, do you love me? Three times. Yeah. And he asked the first time, and Peter's like, oh, yeah, of course. The second time, he asked, Peter's a little bit hurt. And then the third time, Peter's like broken. It's almost like he's offended or something. Yeah, like, of course. He says, you know I love you. Why didn't Peter say, do you love me? Because he knows that Jesus does. But also, uh, oh, because he just died for him like a couple days earlier. (laughs) And he came back for him. Like, he's redeeming Peter. So he doesn't have to question Jesus' love. And that's something important for you listening Um, And for me to remind myself of, I don't have to question God's love for me. Jesus already chose to die for us. It says from before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. He made the decision to die for those he loved, for those who will accept it. Um, And so we don't have to doubt his love. And if you have that feeling in you, after you've repented of your sin, confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and believed in your heart that he rose from the dead... Like, that he defeated death for you. If you have the feeling that God doesn't love you, that's not from God. And I, first couple years of True. being saved, I would have that feeling, and I would think it was from the Holy Spirit. Because it was kind of... Is it conviction? I Or conviction or whatever, but no, it was sort of either my own 
insecurity and like self-hatred that kind of we have sort of a couple voices in our heads like and that voice would be like you're worthless you're awful you messed up you should quit <laughs> like being a youth pastor because you're so sinful and um so it's either my voice or it's a spiritual warfare like paul says that our battle is not with flesh and blood but the spirit and like it's it's there's evil spirits out there there's uh, fallen angels whatever you want to call them demons i don't know exactly how it works but satan is after us he's 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 trying to get us to doubt god's love over and over and over and two things first of all that does not take the blame off of you for sinning and second um wait what was the first thing you said i don't know you said first thing i wasn't making lists Hmm. (laughs) Uh, oh second uh <clears throat> that does not excuse you to sin just because God loves you. That's really important because right. it is important that God loves you and it's true, but that does not excuse you to sin because God will love you anyway. And what the, what it should be is he loved me that much. How could I sin against him? Just like my wife loves me so much. How could I try to hurt her? Like, how dare I? It should be the same way when you're really loved and you don't have to doubt that person anymore. You're, you're encouraged just in the feelings and the emotion of, of a human to do good things, like to love them better and to serve them. And, and with, a, with our God, we don't ever have to doubt his love, and we, should, we shouldn't take advantage of it. And yet it's so easy to do. Like I think if you put it in a, a human relationship, are you more rude to strangers or your family? My family. So you're taking advantage of their love that no matter what you say they, they're gonna love you they're still family yeah and that's that was one thing my i had a like growing up i really didn't like my older brother a lot i was really mean to him he's pretty mean to me but uh my mentor just said if you can't love your brother don't tell me you love god and i was like well you can't say that to me like, that's basically exactly what john says in first john yeah uh and that was really convicting and like, we're so rude to the people that we trust. It's awful because um, we're taking advantage of their love because we know it's a choice and it's unconditional most of the time. Hopefully you have family members where you can be rude to and they still love you and you, you never doubt that. But the goal is like, I want to love them better. I want to stop being rude to them. I love them. I've made a choice to love them even when they don't make me feel loved. And I think it, when it, to wrap it up, it boils down to the... Where love comes from is God, and he has made the decision to love us, to die for us, and to bring us with him in heaven forever. He also feels love for us, like he's excited for that day when he can wipe away every tear from your eye, where he can show you the, the, the wedding banquet, where a seat is with your name on it, and whatever food you love most maybe is right there. I don't know. That's speculation. But uh, I don't know what we're going to eat in heaven, but it's going to be amazing. Um, he's excited for us. It actually says, uh, there's a verse that says, or multiple ones, he sing, he'll sing over us. Like, that sounds like a husband who just got married, who's willing to make a fool of himself and just sing out loud. And he just loves us completely. So he's the fullness of love. He made the decision, the hard one, to always love us, even though we treat him so badly every day. And then he has the emotion of that excitement, that like honeymoon feel, and uh, he will never not be that. And that's, that's our goal is to be like that to other people.
Um, and I think at some point we can get into like love or lust. Like sometimes people get married, Christians get married just because they're tired of being physically alone. Like not even just the, the sex part, but just being alone. Um, and they probably shouldn't have gotten married. Like they didn't talk about anything. And then, but now that becomes your one person and you've got to start making the decision to love again. And what I would say is if you have a relationship that is broken, um, that you want to fix, don't wait on the other person, make the decision to not act on your feelings toward them anymore. And that's love and that's forgiveness. And I think the, the Bible shows them going hand in hand. Like, this is how you know I love you. I'll die for you to forgive you. So love and forgiveness are both based on the decision, not the emotion. And the cool thing yeah. is when you just obey God, those emotions come like you were saying. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. So love is a decision. And I think it's an emotion as well. But the decision should be first. Exactly. And we do it all the time. You decide, I'm going to love my kids no matter what. Or you decide, I'm going to, like, love the Seahawks no matter what. Even if they're going to have a terrible year, which they might. But I've de- I've decided to love them. Um, That's basically it. Yep. Let's pray. All right. Father, there's just so much more and so much longer we could talk about what love is and uh, so much more uh, about how you love us so perfectly. But I thank you that from the very beginning, you decided to love us and you proved it over and over and over and over until finally the ultimate proof was the cross, where before we loved you, you loved us. Help us uh, if a relationship pops up as we're praying now, um, where we, we haven't decided to love, where we've been ruled by our emotion on that. We've been choosing to be unforgiving Lord, help us to repent of that, to say sorry. And it's embarrassing that we do that when you didn't do that for us. You chose to love us and you continue to choose. Help us to be more like you. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, we will see you in the next one.